Hey parents, if you have a child at home who struggles with sensitivity to clothes, to picky eating, loud sounds, brushing their hair, taking a bath, washing their hair, cutting their nails, brushing their teeth, or getting their hands or skin messy, and you are looking for a step-by-step program to not only understand why they have a hard time, but also learn how to support them at home in a strengths-based way, then today is your lucky day. My signature program, Sensory Wise Solutions, is launching for the summer cohort. Doors are only open until Friday, May 20th at midnight. So head to the link in the show notes or go to theotbutterfly.com forward slash wise summer. That's W-I-S-E-S-U-M-M-E-R to learn more. Welcome to the Sensory Wise Solutions podcast for parents, where parents can get real, actionable strategies to support kids with sensory processing disorder. I'm Laura, OT and mom to Liliana, a sensory sensitive kid who inherited my anxiety and my love for all things Disney. Consider me your new OT mom bestie. I know my stuff, but I also know what it's really like in the trenches of parenting a child with sensory processing disorder. Okay, Mom, enough about me. Let's start the podcast. Hey, parents, welcome back to the podcast. In this week's episode, I'm going to share some clips from my free Sensory Meltdown Masterclass that I hosted live yesterday on May 15th, and it is currently available to watch for free on recording until Friday at midnight. So I'm going to share some clips for you today, but if you want to learn more and dive deeper, definitely check out the masterclass. You can head to the link in my show notes to find the recorded link. But when you listen to the masterclass, this is what you're going to learn. You're going to learn about the three common parenting mistakes that guess what? I have made myself as well. You're going to learn about the basic introduction to sensory thresholds, what they are, what they look like, You're also going to learn about what goes on in a child's brain during a sensory meltdown. You'll learn why some of the most simple daily tasks are really hard for your child and how those tasks and activities can really lead to those sensory meltdowns. You'll also learn in the masterclass how to create a just right challenge so your child can be successful. You'll learn what kinds of sensory strategies you need to be doing for your child to have more experience with regulation. And then I will definitely give you a very close look at my signature four-step process for how you can help your child be more confident with their sensory sensitivities. So in today's episode, I'm going to give you some of the big takeaways from the masterclass. If you want to learn more about any of the concepts that I'm going to share, definitely check out the masterclass because it's going to give you a deeper dive into the content. But in this first clip, I'm going to share with you the top three common parenting mistakes that guess what I have made myself as well. Okay, so let's quickly talk about the three mistakes that I see parents making. Um, And I have done all of these myself. Okay. So let me know in the chat, which are the three mistakes, which of these have you made in the past or maybe are doing now? So the first mistake is the all or nothing approach. And I said this at the beginning, I did the nothing approach where I completely avoided the activity altogether, like 
got like threw away the paints at home and like everything else. I was like, we don't need this um, because you don't like it. So when parents completely avoid the sensory trigger to the best that you can, I understand that there's a lot of things like grooming and feeding um, that we can't avoid. But like, for example, for picky eaters, if you think your child doesn't eat blueberries, then you're like, all right, never serving him blueberries, never giving them the opportunity to be exposed to it, right? So that's the nothing approach. The all approach is still well intended. It's the the tough love approach where if I wanted her to do a finger painting craft and she was crying and I was like, it's fine, you'll you'll be fine. And I will like, if I forced that paint on her hand and like pushed it down and she was crying the whole time, but then I'm like, oh, you'll get over it. That's a tough love approach. Some of us come from families who have done this with us growing up, or some of us are just frustrated or still maybe don't understand really how deep these sensory struggles are, that maybe you've taken the all approach as well. Again, both of us, both types of parents, we're not bad parents. We're doing the best that we know at that time. The second mistake that I see parents make that I've also made is trying to focus on stopping the meltdowns. Like how many times have I Googled what to do during a meltdown or how do I get my kid to stop melting down? Why are her meltdowns so long? What can I do? And when we focus so much of our energy on stopping the meltdowns, which is something that we actually can't do, it's not really our responsibility. It's not within our, um, we, we don't have that magic power to stop the meltdowns. And I don't know if you're sitting here in this masterclass expecting me to tell you a way to stop them. I don't have that answer. Once the meltdowns start, you kind of have to write it out. And and so I, I see a lot of parents trying to focus on this part, on trying to stop the meltdowns rather than understanding them or, or focusing on time between meltdowns to help supporting them. Okay, so you heard at the end of that clip how I talked about one of the mistakes is that parents focus too much on stopping the meltdowns and not enough time on what to do between the meltdowns. So in this next clip, I'm going to talk more about where you as parents should be focusing your energy and why it's most effective to target those areas. Then you'll also hear me talk about the Just Right Challenge, which is what I talk about the most in regards to supporting sensory sensitive children. Where can we have the most effect as parents? Where can you intervene and where's the best place to to focus your energy on? So we know if your child is sensory sensitive, maybe they're artistic, maybe they have anxiety, maybe they have a diagnosis, but even if they don't have a diagnosis, but you know they have sensory sensitivities, then it's fair to say that their brain is wired differently. So this small sensory cup symbolizes their neurology, the way that their brain is wired. We can't focus on changing that. We can't change that neurology as parents at home. And in fact, the more that we learn about more neurodiverse affirming approaches, they talk about how it does our kids and our clients a disservice if we focus on trying to change their brain. Because what does that tell us? That there's something wrong with their brain. And that's not the message we want to send to them. We don't want them to think that we're fixing their brain, right? So we are going to try to not focus on changing our child's brain. We also know that we can't focus on trying to just stop the meltdown. We can't spend all of our energy researching what to do. My child is in a meltdown in the next room. What can I do right now? That's not going to do much um, because the meltdown is just going to run its own course. So we can't focus there. So that leaves us as parents with focusing on time between the meltdowns and the sensory imposing tasks themselves, the drops in their sensory cup and how many drops one of the sensory imposing tasks put 
into their cups. So is there a way that parents can not completely avoid a certain sensory task, but still have their child participate in a sensory imposing task to the point where they're regulated around it, around that context, so it adds less drops in their sensory cup so that they can feel, um, they can build those positive associations with it and kind of undo that pathway to meltdown. Can we do that? The answer, of course, is yes. And that is using the just right challenge, which by the way, I did not make up that term. Dr. Jean Ayers is the pioneer of sensory integration and occupational therapy. And the just right challenge is the concept that you can offer your child a challenge, which is a sensory imposing task, a sensory input that's not too um, overwhelming or overstimulating for them to process, but also one that's not just completely void of sensory input where they're not gaining any new skills. It has to be just right. It has to be just enough of a challenge to their nervous system that they can still stay regulated. They can not have a fight or flight response, but they're still in the presence of that activity, that task, that ex- that context, that environment. So the overall goal then of the Just Right Challenge is not, a lot of people think the Just Right Challenge sounds a lot like desensitization, which is a method of intervention that a lot of um, professionals use for things like anxiety or phobias. And the Just Right Challenge can sound like that. Like it sounds like you're trying to desensitize your child to a certain sensory input. And I don't like looking at it like that because Um, the main goal of the Just Right Challenge is more so to get your child to feel confident and have more pathways of regulation in the presence of those contexts and triggers. And that in itself, building confidence, is already accomplishing your goal. Because if we set, and I'll talk about this, the Just Right Challenge is going to um, make sense in just a few slides. Brooke, I'm going to go into more detail. Um, Because we might set our goal for our child to like, eat a blueberry? And what if they never get to eating a blueberry? What if they, or they try it, but they really end up not liking it and blueberries just don't become part of their diet. And that was our goal for them using the Just Right Challenge. Does that mean we failed? Well, no, because maybe that same child can now happily and in a regulated way sit at the table with a blueberry next to them, whereas before he would have like completely thrown off his plate or have huge behaviors after the dinner because that that blueberry, that trigger was there. So if you can get your child to participate in the Just Right Challenge in a way that builds confidence around a certain sensory imposing task, then that is a win in my book. And you will notice improvements in their regulation and maybe improvements in their meltdowns as well. Okay, so in that clip, you might have heard me say some terms that you're unfamiliar with, like the sensory cup, or I called something a sensory imposing task. I highly recommend checking out the masterclass so that you can dive deeper into this. And also it has some really helpful visuals to tie all of the information together. And in the masterclass, you'll also hear some concrete examples of what the Just Right Challenge looks like um, and how that plays out in daily life. But now I want to focus on the Sensory Wise Solutions program. I want to tell you about it and tell you who it's for so you can know if this is the best fit for you. I only launch Sensory Wise Solutions three times a year. So whenever I do, I like to make sure 
everybody gets a chance to hear about it because I almost always get someone who comes after the cart closes and they're like, oops, I missed it. When is it going to launch again? So I'm going to tell you exactly who it's for. And so you can decide at the end of this episode if it's for you. And if you want to learn more, you can head to the sales page and find out all of the details there. So first, who is this for? So if you have a child who has any of the following behaviors or fears or challenges, so listen up. So if you have a child who avoids fears or has big emotional reactions to wearing certain clothes or trying new clothes, so maybe they can't wear socks or shoes or they refuse to wear pants or pajamas, They maybe complain that fabrics are either too itchy, too tight, too loose, and it's more than just a solution of like cutting tags off, but they might wear the same clothes over and over again, even if there are holes in them, even if they're dirty, or they refuse to try new clothes because of a very specific detail. Or if you have a child who avoids fears or has big emotional reactions to any grooming activities. When I say grooming activities, I'm talking about taking a bath, washing their hair, brushing their hair, cutting their hair, cutting their nails, brushing their teeth. So even if you get them to do it, it's a huge ordeal each time and maybe even after you get them to do it you notice they're still dysregulated or anxious or there's something off in their regulation. And sometimes you might not even get them to do that grooming task thoroughly or at all. And maybe you go like weeks without cutting their hair, without, I'm sorry, without uh, brushing their hair or without washing their hair. Or maybe you can only get them to brush their teeth once every few days. Maybe you have a child who avoids or fears or has emotional regulation challenges related to getting their hands or skin dirty or sticky. So maybe that child avoids messy play or they have big meltdowns when they get paint on their fingers or won't play in the playground sand, any of those things. Maybe you have an extremely picky eater to the point where they won't try new foods or they have really big emotional meltdowns if you don't give them a certain meal or food prepared in a specific way or from a specific brand and they have less than 20 various foods. Maybe you have a child who avoids or is fearful of or has big emotional reactions to loud sounds. So this includes the sound of the blender, the sound of the vacuum, the toilet flushing, maybe some sounds of the music or clapping or dogs that bark. And they just have really big emotional reactions or avoid certain environments with those sounds. Also related to sound, maybe your child avoids or fears or has big emotional reactions in busy environments. So the classroom or restaurants that has a lot of competing sounds, music and people talking, or maybe birthday parties. It's to the point where you avoid those environments as much as possible because you know it's going to be too hard for your child to go to. And so you avoiding that is then impacting you and your family's ability to do things out in the community. So if those big signs and behaviors are present in your child and they sound familiar to you and you're dealing with constant meltdowns and these battles and emotional regulation challenges, keep listening because sensory-wise solutions might be the answer for you. So first, let's talk about the title of it so you can learn more about it. 
You might have noticed that the title of my podcast and the parent program has an acronym, which is WISE, W-I-S-E. I'm going to tell you exactly what that stands for because it is a major part of the SensoryWise Solutions program and the pillars. So W stands for why, like understand why. And this is when you understand why your child can't seem to tolerate the sounds or the feelings and why they can go from zero to meltdown city in the blink of an eye and why other typical parenting meltdown tactics may not work for your child. You're really digging deep into the why behind your child's behavior. I stands for identify profile and functional goals. So this is when you identify and document the specific functional activities that your child's sensory sensitive profile impacts. So you collect baseline information and start setting your own goals based on your identification of your child's strengths and also their needs. And then I will help you identify the gap between where they're now and where you want them to be. S stands for Solidify Sensory Toolbox. So this is when you become an expert in your child's regulation strategies and explore different, simple and easy and accessible strategies and activities to help your child become more regulated throughout their days. So this is the part where I help you curate the perfect set of sensory strategies based on different regulation inputs that you get to explore and document with your child. So remember, every child is different. I can't just give a blanket list of regulation activities. I need to teach you how to understand sensory strategies so you can create the best sensory toolbox for your child and your family. Then we have E, and this is the engage in the just right challenge. This is where the bulk of your work is done and where you start to play and practice certain activities that are necessary for your child to reach a certain goal. So in this section, in the engage section, this is when you develop a sequential, a step-by-step process that allows your child to feel safe while exploring the sensory activity you're working on. You'll also learn in this section how to analyze an environment and set your child up for success before they practice the activity. And you are going to be able to identify the perfect progression to get your child to the end goal. So I'm going to teach you exactly how to identify when you've made progress with your child without triggering the fight or flight system. So the SensoryWise Solutions program is my 10-week online program for parents of sensory sensitive children. So in this program, you're going to get access to an online course split up into those four modules, the W, I, S, and E pillars that I just discussed. The course is pre-recorded and I pace you through each lesson and each module to finish consuming the course content in 10 weeks. And each week I email you motivating tips, insights, and tell you which videos to watch and things to keep in mind and watch out for. But it's not just a 10-week pre-recorded course and emails. One thing that was very important to me for including this program is was being able to give you continued access to me, especially 
after you consume all of the content and education and lessons when you're about to start implementing some of the strategies that you learn. I personally hate and feel frustrated when I purchase a course and it's full of great information and even strategies to try, but sometimes the strategy that I learned in that course or a script that I learned didn't work well specifically for my child or I didn't understand a particular concept or just I really needed something to be explained differently or in a different way to me. And when you just take and buy a course, you don't always get guaranteed access and handholding from the course creator. You can email them, you can leave a comment, but they're not required beyond what you originally signed up for to provide you with any information. So that's a major flaw for a course geared on supporting parents and children because every child is different. So I wanted to make sure that I can help parents be successful beyond those 10 weeks, beyond the pre-recorded videos. So that's why I extended access to me via a community and coaching calls for six weeks beyond the 10 weeks of the course. So let me explain that. So for 16 weeks total, you get access to a private community. And by the way, the private community is finally off of Facebook because I know so many people are really sick of Facebook groups, myself included these days. It is so hard to keep up with notifications in Facebook. So now I have a separate area for that community. It's an exclusive community for you and other people in the cohort. And this is the place where you can ask questions from other parents. You can share your wins. You can really safely vent to a group of people who know exactly what you're going through. And I am there all the time answering every single question in that community. Throughout the 16 weeks, you'll also get five group coaching calls with me where you can watch the recording or join live and you can ask me whatever questions you want about something that's going on at home, about something in the course you didn't understand, about a certain strategy, all of it. So three of those five calls are spaced out during the first 10 weeks of the course curriculum and the last two calls occur after the 10 weeks so that you have time to implement strategies and try things that work and report back things that may not work that you need extra examples for. But the best part is you get access to the course video vault, all of those lessons and modules for not 10 weeks, not 16 weeks, but for a lifetime. So even after the 16 weeks, You won't get direct access to me in the group or in the coaching calls, but you can go back and watch the videos or lessons that you want to brush up on. And as I update the course content and add more videos and all of the helpful information, you will get access to all of the future updates. So that's what the group cohort is. Here are some of the commonly asked questions that might help you decide more about this program. So the number one question I get asked is, what is the best age? for this program. So the core content, the videos and the lessons that reference sensory processing information and methods and strategies to support your child are applicable to all ages. However, some suggested scripts and some of the example activities are best suited for preschool to early elementary age, so around ages two to seven or even eight, but you can easily adapt or tailor to fit the needs of your specific child. The benefit of this program is being able to ask me questions in the private group or in the group coaching calls where you can bring your questions and I can help tailor and work through anything that you need adjusted for your child's age. 
Currently, I have a parent who's in the program who has a child who is eight and a nine-year-old, and they've reported several wins. But you should know that my expertise and experience is between the ages of two and 10. So anything beyond 10, I don't have a lot of examples of activities and strategies to support those kids, but you can definitely take the information and apply it to your own child. The next question I get asked a lot is, is this for parents only? I get teachers or OTs or speech therapists or ABA therapists who want to take the course. So I am extremely passionate about educating everyone on the impact of sensory processing on behavior and learning in our kids. And I'm also very passionate and feel strongly about saving this program in its community for parents. So the language I use in the program and the intent of holding a safe space for parents in the private community has led me to the decision to limit enrollment to parents only. So this program is really perfect for parents who either can't access OT because you're on a wait list or it's too expensive or there's none in your local area or your insurance can't cover it or you're not getting the proper referrals to get to OT, then this program is a great starting point for you or if you're in that gap phase of being on a wait list or waiting for the referral. I also have several families who are part of the program that have their kids already in OT, but they find that this program is really what helped them bridge the gap between clinic and home support that they're needing. Maybe they feel a little disconnected because their child's therapist doesn't have the time to sit down with them and educate them on all of the ways that their child's sensory sensitivities is unfolding at home and how to support them at home. Or maybe their child's OT is a school-based OT or maybe a clinic-based OT, but they're focusing on fine motor and these parents need help supporting their child's emotional regulation and sensory processing as it impacts them at home. So if all of that sounds like you and sounds like you're interested in it, I hope to see you in there. I hope to see you for the summer cohort. If you're considering the program, but you just want to learn a little bit more or have any questions for me, then you can shoot me an email, laurapedix at theotbutterfly.com or find me on Instagram at theotbutterfly. I'm pretty responsive to direct messages. Definitely check out the registration page. There's videos on there and even more detail about the content and bonuses that you get when you join the cohort. So just head to theotbutterfly.com slash wise summer that's w-i-s-e-s-u-m-m-e-r to learn more and to join the cohort don't forget cart closes on friday may 20th by midnight i hope to see you there and i will be back next week if you enjoyed this podcast please consider rating it and leaving a review which helps other parents find me as well want to learn more from me I share tons more over on Instagram at the OT Butterfly. See you next time.